0: Green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB.
1: All right, rolling right into hour number three of the show here this morning with DeMarco and Ann. And Dave Baker's already popped his head in and out. So I know he's ready to bring you another riveting edition of the Home Fix-It show beginning at 9 o'clock. But au contraire, I have another hour. He can't kick me out yet. Um, he would like for me to remind you that the North Atlanta Home Show... Is next weekend at Gas South Convention Center It runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday And there's an outdoor oasis Which I wish I was a part of Because that sounds so fun And the University of Georgia Master Gardener Extension volunteers will be there To answer uh, some of your plant questions as well So that's really cool Lots of stuff to do at the North Atlanta Home Show If you live up in the Gwinnett area That's kind of a fun way to spend the weekend Um, And I was speaking of uh, Squirrel Appreciation Day Which is today, I don't know You can celebrate that any way you choose to do so. Appreciate the squirrels or not. Um, But we appreciate the birds, right? And I hope you're keeping up with the bird feeders and giving those guys the protein and the energy and the food that they need to kind of survive the winter times. But um, the Georgia Audubon is having a meeting tomorrow at Manuel's Tavern uh, in the Highlands area, and that's going to be fun. It's free to attend, but they do ask that you register uh, to attend the meeting tomorrow at 3.30. Just kind of a fun way to get involved, learn a little bit more, Georgia Audubon Society. You can find out more on their website, georgiaaudubon.org. And I have all of these events on my website, wsbradio.com backslash green and growing. And then scroll down to the bottom and you see events. And I've got Designing with Bulbs, uh, a webinar that's coming up, put on by the Georgia Perennial Plant Association, Spring Gardening Symposium. If you have all day next Saturday to spend and learn a whole lot of stuff at Atlanta Botanical Gardens, Stuff at the Dunwoody Nature Center, the Chattahoochee Nature Center, uh, Camellia Show coming up in February. I'll be doing a lot of Garden Club talks uh, beginning in February, March, going around different counties and places. I've been invited to do talks, and I love doing that kind of stuff. But this is all free, most of it uh, free educational stuff. Get your hands in the in the dirt. Talk to other gardeners, people that are passionate about um, a variety of things. Even at the UGA Mountain Research and Education Center up in Blairsville. And we've talked to our friend uh, Becky Griffin that lives up there. They have a history of apples, Um, a a talk, not a webinar, like a live in person. What do you call it? A seminar when it's not online. It's a seminar. There you go, Ashley. Uh, That's Friday, February 17th. So lots of stuff on the list. Uh, 404 872 Want to get right back to your calls if I could talk. Hour number three, I'm falling apart here. So Dale from Jefferson, help me out. Good morning. I'm glad you called. (laughs)
0: I got two, two questions. Okay. So the woman said on a pike yesterday that it's time to cut your knockout roses back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, you can do it now. Um. I don't recommend doing it a little this early just because I want to see a little bit more of that new growth. Like if you walk by the stems right now, you'll see the dark red New nodes coming out of the stems I want to wait for them to get a little Bit longer, a little bit bigger, just so I can kind of visualize what the shape of the Plant's going to be and where all that new growth What direction it's all going to go in So I always traditionally do knockout roses Around Valentine's Day Um, So now's not too early But I just tend to wait a little bit longer I mean, heck, we've already looked at the Ugly, you know, gray canes For most of the winter, so what's another couple weeks
0: Okay Second question, is it too early to plant fescue?
1: I think so. Um, and optimally, Dale, what you want to do is plant it like in September. That is the absolute best time since it's a cool season grass. It really establishes very well and thrives in the cool season. That's why it stays green throughout the winter. Um, so that is the best time to do it. You are certainly welcome to try to do it toward the end of February, beginning of March. But the risk that you take is with the temperatures heating up You know, spring and into early summer That really stresses the roots That are trying to establish and grow With fescue seed in the spring So that heat comes on fast So what you want to do Is when you do the seed in late February, March You really have to be very, very, very mindful And stay on top of watering To help those roots grow and establish Healthy and a little more quickly
0: Okay, you answered my, my question is
1: Yeah but boy and it wouldn't hurt you Dale like if you're just really looking to Really reinvigorate that fescue lawn Do a little bit now you know Aerate the soil and all that so you've really Got good seed to soil contact you need To get one of those aerators and really dig Up the you know the topsoil a little bit To get that seed in but the best and Hardiest application you're going to do is Like September October so do it Two times this year and you'll be really Pleased with the results come next year
0: Good You're doing a
1: good job, thank you Oh, I appreciate it, well you are too I think you're going to go out there and be very successful With your with your roses and your fescue I appreciate your calling
0: Okay, bye All right.
1: Have a good day, thank you so much 404 872 I had another thought On fescue And it totally just left my head So we will just go ahead and move on from fescue What was I going to say about fescue? Um, I don't know, just one of those things Cool season grass, really want to establish it September, October Wouldn't hurt to do an application In the spring But again, it's just not going to have The germination rate And the success that it would have um, In the fall But you can certainly try And I've done it myself too So I can't tell you not to do it If I've actually done it I've put out fescue seed in March There's no harm in that Okay, Ron from Royston calls next Hey, Ron
0: Good morning, good morning I've got a problem With my fruit trees And my nut trees There's a moss that's about four feet high and i have tried dawn liquid uh, soap with a light brush and that's not working could you help me
1: is it truly a moss like it's soft spongy and green it's green all the
0: way up just like you would take a paintbrush and paint it green
1: Okay, I have some good news for you. Um mo- moss and whenever we see lichens on trees, you know, and lichens are the Yes, ma'am. gray, silvery, really pretty blue, coral yes, looking ma'am. things. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, lichens and moss both, um, they are not parasitic. So they are not taking advantage of that tree. They're not robbing that tree of any nutrients. They're just taking advantage of the conditions right there. Um, so they are able to take in their own moisture Their own sunlight Produce their own food Not to the detriment of the tree they're growing on So okay. I don't think that it being there Is indicative in any way of the decline of your tree
0: Okay, well great I keep the grass cut and everything They fertilize the trees but it just looks makes the tree look so bad.
1: It kind of does, yeah. And I mean, you would honestly see it and think, "Oh no," you know, you'd think it's parasitic and that it's hurting the tree. Um, but but that's not the case at all. It's just taking advantage of the conditions. Which and you're saying they're fruit trees?
0: Yes, ma'am. I've got two pecan trees that has that on it, but I, I don't know what's causing it.
1: Well, I'll I'll tell you, the moss is growing exactly where it wants to. It's taking mm-hmm. advantage of an area that stays wet, and okay. that stays dark. Because that's mosses too And actually like just a compact kind of place to grow Those are its three conditions It grows in compact soil traditionally um, But wet spots and spots that don't get enough sunlight So have you ever pruned the pecans?
0: No, I don't prune my pecans
1: Okay Um, Because, I mean... That would probably help the overall health Of the tree and it would open up The canopy, allow a lot more sunlight in Which helps the trees But also would let some sunlight get down in there And then the moss would automatically die With too much sunlight Um, But keep doing what you're doing underneath I mean mowing, keeping things out of the drip line of the tree That's good too Well I keep
0: it clean and I I use just a soft brush With a little Dawn Dishwashing in the water and, And try to brush it but that's about all I can do Yeah,
1: and I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything harsher than brushing Because if I were to tell you to scrape it off Then you're going to start maybe nicking into the bark And we don't want to okay. do that So okay. I would just kind of let it be I know it's unsightly, but uh, it's not a bad thing
0: Okay, but the fruit bears and
1: Yeah, those, the, how the old are those bears? trees?
0: They're uh, five years old
1: Oh, okay, wow, yeah So you've got a lifetime ahead of you of getting a good yield <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Well, listen, I appreciate you and thank you, and I listen to you every Saturday.
1: I'm really glad. Sometimes it feels like no one's out there listening when I'm just (laughs) talking to myself so long. So I'm really glad you called, and keep up with it. Okay, Ron? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You too. I get so many nice messages from you all, and I'll look at DeMarco and just start laughing, because I'm like, tired of hearing myself talk. I want to hear from everybody else. Just... Y'all proven to me that you're out there listening Makes me feel so happy Um, Okay time to take a break and check traffic and weather But when we come back I want to talk to Steve and Buford about gardenias and Tea olives and a little bit more uh, pruning And then at 8.30 coming up a conversation With Dr. Jeff Dean who is the assistant Provost and director of the University of Georgia Griffin campus Want to get caught up to speed on how they're recovering From the tornadoes, uh, the damage Done to the campus, how we can help And how some of the research may have been affected As well so you want to stay tuned for that, you're listening To green and growing, right here on 95.5 WSB. Ed Sheeran song. I recognize this one. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing today. Increasing clouds, a high in the low to mid 50s, rain and widespread uh, showers tomorrow with a high in the low 50s.
0: Green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week
1: Alright, number one, I want you to trim away The old foliage uh, from Hellebores. They're starting to set buds now, buds now, some are even flowering So if the leaves are tattered and brown You can certainly cut those away from Hellebores Lunt and Rose. Number two, as Joe Gardner Mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the show Take inventory of the seeds you have and what's Still viable by doing a germination test And then order new seed for starting Indoors in the coming weeks And next Saturday just happens to be seed swap day So that's kind of fun. You can uh, do that with your Friends and number three continue layering Pine straw or mulch in the garden Beds and vegetable beds not being used Right now um, it's not necessary To remove all the old leaves Or old pine straw first you can certainly Put all the new ground covering over that And it just makes for good mulch all right want to Jump out to the phones before we have to break again Steve in Buford welcome to the show
0: uh, Thank you Ashley
1: yeah.
0: uh, What I was calling about was I had two huge tea olives Mm-hmm They have lost all their leaves From the cold that we had four weeks ago And do you think I've lost The plants?
1: No sir, good news For you, I do not think so, we have seen That throughout Metro Atlanta, it's kind of Devastating seeing all of those defoliated Um, But we're going to wait till spring And make sure the leaves come back and they start To, you know, leaf back out And then we can prune as needed, but right now Leave them alone, just because the tops Seem to have died out, the roots are Still pretty good, I'm almost sure
0: Okay, thank you Yeah Second thing, I have some huge gardenias And uh, all the top They're just all brown for a good 10 to 12 inches From top uh, to the, uh, you know, down Yeah Is it too early to cut them back Or should I still wait?
1: Had it not been for the freeze Had it not been for the freeze I would say rejuvenation pruning Like in mid to late February Just to kind of reinvigorate them Take them way back If you needed to Um, In mid to late February Now you lose flowers though Because that's one of those when it flowers in the spring Typically we want to prune it right after it's done flowering So if you prune in late February You take away all the buds that are sitting there waiting to open But for rejuvenation that's a good idea Now we're not talking about they're tattered just because of age We're talking they're tattered because of the freeze right So that's one of those as well Steve I would just wait and see um, and the the pruning guru Rick Smith was on a couple weeks ago, and then I'm going to re air a lot of our conversation next Saturday. I hope you can tune in because he made a good point. To leave some of that foliage that's brown and stuff Leave that right now and don't prune Because it'll kind of serve as a little bit of an insulator If we get another freeze, keeping everything below it A little more sheltered from another freeze or cold event Um, So don't be tempted to cut away what looks dead and ugly right now Um, But once again, once things start to leaf out Like the tea olive and all that We're getting toward the end of February, early March Then you can kind of see what limbs are dead, dead They're not putting on new leaves Do some selective pruning at that time I would wait till the end of February, early March And like I said, as far as rejuvenation pruning If we just think, hey, it's time for this to have a a massive overhaul A big haircut, that would be the time to do it You can cut it back all the way It's going to start to leaf out You're going to lose the flowers this year But then start fertilizing it with holly tone or something in April and May And let it just kind of come back Um, But right now, no pruning right now Leave that dead stuff just in case It needs to be kind of an insulator Or a protector um, of what's going to start growing You know, if we have another freeze I hope we don't in the next month or two Thank you for the call and the observation, Steve I really appreciate it Um, Yeah, if you didn't get to reach me today Certainly jump over to the Facebook page You can direct message me there And it's cute, I had a lady message me And she's like, dear Ashley and staff And I was like Oh, I answer all the questions on here I do have a staff of DeMarco and Anne, But like, you get me when you go to Green and Growing WSB on Facebook And I will get uh, answers to all of your questions there Coming up with the uh, director of the UGA Griffin campus Next here on Green and Growing Stay tuned to WSB
0: Growing with Ashley Frasca Plants, flowers, trees and stuff
1: On 95.5 WSB Welcome back Nearing the end of Green and Growing on a Saturday morning Of course your host Ashley Frasca Here with you for the next half hour And then of course Dave Baker And the Home Fix It show comes up right at 9 o'clock So the cities of Griffin, LaGrange And Hogansville have been on our mind For the last week, week and a half Because of the tornadoes that went through Two Thursday afternoons ago Caused a lot of damage, a lot of Destruction, maybe hearing reports of up to Five tornadoes that's touched down in the Griffin area, so of course our friends at the UGA Griffin campus were on our minds And it was just released this past Wednesday, the IT support staff Finally made good progress, and restored Wi-Fi services and internet To some of the buildings, a lot of the staff At the start of the week was asked to work from home If they could, so of course I wanted to check in On our friends at the University of Georgia Griffin campus With me now is the assistant provost and Director of the Griffin campus, Dr. Jeff Dean. Good morning Dr. Dean. Welcome to the show.
2: Oh, Good morning Ashley. It's a pleasure to be with
1: you. I'm really glad you took the time because as I told you last Saturday a lot of listeners were concerned about the Griffin campus. You know Dr. Clint Waltz has been on the show a number of times. We have a loyal listener Nicole down in Griffin that checks in with us and is really an avid gardener. So um, what is the status of the campus now? Is everything getting cleaned up?
2: Well, uh, it's re- looking remarkably uh, well considering uh, the hit we took and, and what we see in the surrounding communities. We've got a, still got a lot of trees down on various portions of the campus, but for the most part they dropped in open areas and only a few of our buildings got nicked and banged up on the core campus. We do have more wind damage out on some of the, some of the farm areas that's going to take a little longer for us to, to clear up.
1: And now some of the photos that were shared from folks in the community and also from the accounts from the campus there um, In the days after the tornado about a week ago You know, some of the structures, the temporary structures, it seemed, were a little bit damaged And my first thought was, oh no, that could affect some of the wonderful research being done there on campus If maybe it set back some of the turf grass research or, you know, tore up some of the ground Can you tell us about the status of any of that? I hope nothing was set back too far
2: well, not too badly to the best of my knowledge, but you're absolutely right. As you In fact, as you come in the main gate to campus, uh, we had some uh, experiments on the turfgrass facility uh, looking at drought tolerance and rain exclusion. So some structures there, one of them looks like uh, Godzilla stepped down in the middle oh, of the structure no. and flattened, flattened it completely. But we uh, actually took more damage out on the Dempsey Farm and uh, Westbrook Farm Units, where we've uh, got some of our uh, breeding programs going on. Uh, we had some... Uh, pretty significant greenhouse damage that impacts our small grains breeding program. And we also had power losses to the Envirotron facility where we have a a lot of other uh, plant testing programs going on. And I do have some concerns about some genetic stocks in cold storage out there. Um, I've heard that utility um, reconstruction in that that area is still ongoing, and we're not exactly sure when we're going to get power back to those facilities.
1: Now, can some of the things, this may be ignorant of me to ask, but can some of the things that were being worked on, if they were transported quickly enough or some of the things shifted to the Athens campus, would that be helpful at all or in some cases no? Uh,
2: we're still trying to assess whether we need the resources of the Athens and perhaps even the Tifton campuses, uh, particularly for things like uh, cold storage for some of those genetic stocks. But in fact, we Uh, Some of our researchers did access uh, facilities out on on the Dempsey uh, farm and uh, immediately transferred some of our uh, breeding program materials to some spaces we actually had here in greenhouses on the core campus. Uh, We did lose some uh, some plants, um, and I'm unsure how that's going to impact those research programs. But for the most part, we were able to just shift things around and kind of – fill up what uh, excess uh, capacity we had on the core campus to uh, take care of some of those those things. But uh, that's not to say that in the coming days we're not going to actually shift some things back over to uh, Athens in order to um, kind of uh, free up our ability to uh, have other research programs using the spaces that they need.
1: And as you see things now, a week out from the tornado damage, uh, is there anything that the community or the listeners could be doing to help out folks in Griffin?
2: So far, I've been uh, found it really remarkable how the entire community is pulled together to help one another stay out of each other's way. Um, The uh, stretch of road uh, down, well, down Experiment Road between here and and, uh, town took uh, extensive damage. And my understanding is there's still a lot of cables and uh, down on the the ground and, and a lot of utilities work still ongoing. And in fact, that's one of the major limitations for us getting uh, full Internet back up uh, on the campus. So to the extent people can uh, move their traffic patterns away from that area and make sure to uh, be careful getting around the utility uh, work that's ongoing, uh, I think that's to everybody's benefit. Um, And that's the, the one thing I know of off the top of my head.
1: Dr. Jeff Dean speaking with uh, the assistant provost and director of the UGA Griffin campus there. I got to ask, the historic mule barn in the Dundee Cafe, that is close to my heart. Is it okay?
2: <laughs> it's okay. You, yeah, I think you might have seen the, the pictures I posted on Twitter right after the storm. The barn uh, had its uh, sliding uh, uh, doors on the facade uh, got ripped off and knocked down, and uh, but there was no significant damage to the building, and we've actually only just left the doors on the ground because uh, we wanted to make sure the insurance folks <laughs> saw yes. the damage has got to be taken care of. So uh, Dundee Cafe will be uh, – we had hoped they would be open for business. Uh, we've uh, had some problems with their uh, point-of-sale uh, Computational stuff and so. But my understanding was They they thought they were going to get back open today So we're looking forward to having uh, guests in And uh, join us for a cup of hot soup And a sandwich Yes,
1: it is a fine place to dine If anyone ever finds themselves down that way Uh, Well, Dr. Dean, please invite folks And let them know how they can keep up With the wonderful research being done there On the Griffin campus How can they find out more Or stay up with the news?
2: Well, we're, we're trying to uh, get the word out on social media. Um, I've taken personal charge of our, our Twitter account, and I'm trying to make sure that we start getting stuff posted there as well. I certainly uh, encourage people to, uh, to look at, the, at, at that feed, uh, and we will be getting additional information out through uh, opportunities like uh, your radio program and other uh, public media events over the next few days. But uh, certainly appreciate all the interest.
1: Well, yes, and you let us know what, uh, what you need from us, certainly. And I'm due for a visit to see Dr. Panisi and Dr. Waltz, and hopefully I'll, I'll head down your hallway next time I'm there as well, Dr. Dean.
2: <laughs> wonderful. You're always welcome. The door's always open, and I look forward to your
1: visit. Well, thank you. And our thoughts and prayers continue to be with the folks in LaGrange and Hogansville and especially hard in Spaulding and Butts County. Have a wonderful morning, Dr. Dean. Thank you so much.
2: My pleasure.
1: And before I get out of here this morning Something else I wanted to share with you too Um, Last Saturday I was pleased to have Rick Smith The pruning guru on the show We spoke for almost an hour About what not to do, right? Not to be pruning things that appear To have some of that freeze damage From back at Christmas time So that's something to take off of your to-do list Wait until closer to late winter When new spring growth starts to emerge He also mentioned something that was kind of An epiphany moment for me As far as frustrations of professional landscape when they see things that are sheared or shaped unnaturally you got to take a listen to this
0: I'll tell you something that I've been seeing a lot lately Is that, for an example, plants that have been sheared mechanically For example, lower petalums, mm-hmm. I see those damaged more than the lower pedalums that have been pruned properly hmm. Because they only have a thin layer of foliage Because they've been sheared So that's what I've been seeing out there
1: That's a really good observation too And when I drive along Town Lake Parkway in Woodstock There's a stretch there that the the hedges are alternated, right? They're little meatballs There's a Camellia Uh pedlum, A Camellia pedlum, And they're all pruned and cut To be the same size as one another And when those Camellias were blooming Back in like October, November There was only a few flowers on each You almost wouldn't have even known they were Camellias Because they've been sized so extremely, you know, limited that the landscape crews are cutting off the buds
0: You know, there's a thing to be said with formal versus informal And if you decide to do formal, which is where you're shearing everything into a tight ball A green meatball, as you said, or a square or Mickey Mouse, there's (laughs) going to be a price to pay Uh, One way or another It may be the freeze It may be defoliation In the center And you just have a dome There's a lot of reasons Of why not this year
1: Wow If you've taken nothing else Away from this show What Rick just said right there Is so key And if that's your look If that's your intention To have more of a formal You know Boxwood hedge kind of look Get the right plant Right don't force a lore pedellum that can go crazy or a camellia that wants to be big and wants to flower don't force those into something they're not wanting to be right
0: Absolutely
1: So there you go, sorry to throw Town Lake under the bus But you see it a lot So maybe give it a second thought Or just have more communication with the company You use to do your landscaping And your pruning and mowing and blowing Really be able to communicate what your desires are How you want your landscape to look If it's formal or informal And kind of let things just be what they are, right? And another thing that Rick mentioned too Maybe leaving some of that foliage that looks damaged Because it's going to provide a layer of insulation, right? It's kind of going to The rest of the interior of the plant In the event that yes we're going to have Another freeze most likely uh, we'll Keep up to date with WSB meteorologist Christina Edwards of course but we ain't out of the Woods yet we know how February and March Can be in Georgia so one thing that I was tempted to tidy up a little bit but now I'm not Going to my Carolina jessamine Um, And my friend Carol has one as well We're just going to let that be and let the brown Leaves stay on the outer edges and Just kind of wait and see what it does in the spring And then start to remove the things Okay when we come back the top three things To do in the landscape this weekend I'm glad you're here Hope you're having a great Saturday So far you're listening to Green and Growing on WSB The update on the weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing so talking about Rick Smith The pruning guru there uh, our friend Mary Kay Woodworth who is head of the Georgia Urban Ag Council reached out to us to let Us know about the lunch and learn Webinar series Uh, For 2023 And Rick actually just spoke to folks uh, On the webinar yesterday As a matter of fact And you can keep up to date With the topics that are coming up Many of them are free Unless you're trying to receive credits And you're an industry professional But nevertheless Great uh, lecture series for Fridays All the way through March 24th You can find out more information If you want to hop on to some of those Lunch and Learns Urbanagcouncil.com Backslash lunch dash learn
0: Green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week.
1: All right, a lot of good things on tap for the weekend. As you know, number one, I'm going to recommend that you maybe trim some of that foliage that's up. Tattered-looking or brown from hellebores, right? They're putting on a lot of new buds. They're getting ready to burst open this time of year. Lenten rose, mine certainly look great. So I have taken back some of the older, bigger leaves that are just hiding those new buds from opening. Number two, as Joe Lample, Joe Gardner, mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago, now is the time to take inventory of the seeds you have, what's still viable. You can find out that by doing a germination test with a moist paper towel. Um, And then order new seed for starting indoors in the coming weeks I will keep you up to date on when is the time to start the summer crops indoor from seed If you're looking to start tomatoes or peppers or okra I will uh, let you kind of do that along with me And you can jump on Joe's online garden academy as well by going to JoeGardener.com And really learn the ins and outs of that process Adams Briscoe Seed Company in Jackson, Georgia Great place to find a wide variety of fun stuff to try And number three, continue layering pine straw or mulch in garden beds, maybe vegetable beds not being used right now. You have to have some kind of cover on those vegetable beds that, uh, like mine, had broccoli, had Brussels sprouts, didn't get a harvest before the freeze at Christmas. So now I just have bare dirt, and we don't want that. Um, And it's not necessary to remove old pine straw or leaves first. As a matter of fact, it looks a little more tidy. Just put the pine straw over the existing leaves or over the older pine straw. It's just going to make for good mulch, right? The more you can layer and the more that's going to break down Is going to be really beneficial And yes, now is the time I've had a few of you ask about planting trees Planting shrubs, new stuff you want to put in the landscape Now is still the time to do that Um, Installing new trees and shrubs Remember to dig the hole twice as wide as the root ball Depth isn't as important as the width And be prepared to go ahead and backfill with the very dirt that you took out of the hole And do have some kind of mulch layer To be able to put around that To protect it in the event of uh, more cold weather We've had a great show today Next Saturday, I am away But I am bringing you a really fun show You'll hear more from Joe Lample More from Rick Smith, the pruning guru And I had a visit with uh, the commissioner Of the City of Atlanta Parks and Rec Department Justin Cutler A lot of exciting things I know a lot of us don't live in the city limits necessarily But there are over 300 reasons to come into the city of Atlanta to joy some of the enjoy some of those parks and some of the cool things going on. So, look forward to being with you again soon. Have a wonderful week and enjoy your Saturday morning.